Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Wanted to share with you some truths about the law of attraction. I get asked a lot, what are my thoughts on the law of attraction? So in this live video and audio podcast, going to share with you some of the stuff I think is a bit rah-rah, some hippie nonsense, but also how the hustle and the grind and hard, 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 hard work is also too extreme of you. So, you know, there are some people that say, hey, man, you've just got to vibrate at the right frequency. I mean, how the f*** do you vibrate? Look at me, I'm a lower of attraction. So, vibration, come on. You've got to also create a plan and implement a plan and not just vibrate at the right frequency. However, if you work hard, 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 hard at the wrong thing in the wrong direction, then that's also not going to work. So you do have to visualize a very clear picture and plan of what you want to achieve in your life. And I've got a few quick stories about that I'll share in a couple of minutes. So I made a few notes. I've got a good 15 things to share with you. And I've got to try and do it in 12 minutes because then I've got a boardroom mentoring session in my house downstairs. All right. So the reality is attraction without action is just a distraction. So, you know, you might have watched The Secret and you're trying to manifest wealth and riches into your life and you're taking off your shoes and you're hugging some trees and you're singing Kumbaya and you're going to visualize everything that happens to you in your life and then you're wondering why it's not raining money. So you have to take consistent, implement, tweak, review, repeat, test, do, review, repeat, implement, test, tweak, do, review, repeat over and over and over because what you'll end up doing is getting a result that probably wasn't quite what you thought it was at the start. I mean, Coca-Cola used to be medicinal and Rolls-Royce used to be purely engines. Of course, they still are engines now, but of course, they've got a great car manufacturing company as well. Before 3M had post-it notes, they didn't have post-it notes. So if you're too clear and specific and just focused on what you're focusing on and your manifestations and your visualizations, you don't give your chance to embrace an opportunity that opens up that you didn't necessarily clearly envision, but could meet your goals, your vision and your values. That being said, they say you bring about what you think about. They also say where focus goes, energy flows and results show. So I do think you should visualize in your mind, maybe before you go to bed, the specific goal and outcome of your life. It's said that a picture says a thousand words. And certainly there's been a lot of scientists who've studied the brain that have said your imagination doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not real. That's why you feel certain fears when you imagine certain things you're scared of, even though you just think about like a spider or, or heights and you feel the emotion as if you were there. So you can kind of game and play tricks on your brain by being very clear and specific about a clear visual picture of what you want to achieve in your life. But I think you've got to give yourself room for it to tweak and iterate. So I have actually been doing visualization techniques since I read Think and Grow Rich almost 11 years ago to this day. And um, he said, create a mastermind in your mind. And if you ever had a problem or a challenge, this was Dale Carnegie who wrote the book. 
he would go to bed at night, he'd close his eyes, and he'd picture a bordering mastermind, and he'd picture Andrew Carnegie, and he'd picture Getty, and he'd picture all the billionaires, you know, the biggest hitters and players, maybe Vanderbilt, etc. And he'd go around and ask them, what would you do? Here's my challenge, here's my vision. How would you answer it? How can you help me? And he's almost looking at some kind of subconscious realm or some kind of other higher, more infinite power, whatever you think that is, whether you think it's attraction or some kind of God or faith or a universal energy or whatever. But he was clearly had the answers inside of himself because every human being has every trait. Every human being has every skill that every human being has latent within them, just not yet manifested. I, for a good, what, five years since Bobby was born, have been visualizing his growth and progress in golf. And of course, he's not me and I'm not him. So I've got to let go of something. If he doesn't shoot nine under par because I visualized it, it's not his fault. And I can't blame the law of attraction and the secret doesn't work and I want my money back on the CDs. But what I did realize was often when I'm not clear, then I don't get a clear answer. So if I visualize that I wanted to win, he's had some competitions where he's played really badly and just won. And I would have rather he played really well and came second. So I thought, well, if I'm going to visualize Bobby Moore winning the golf championships, I've got to visualize him playing really well every single shot. And I've got to visualize him winning by nine clear shots, which, of course, is very specific. Now, there's a famous story. If you've ever read, you know, a lot of personal development, some of the golf audio mindset programs. It's a very famous story about someone who's held in captivity, basically in a very small cell for something like 18 years. He was an average golfer, and every day he used to visualize playing golf very clearly. Every shot, every setup, every routine. You know, the weather, the wind, the course, everything. When he was released, he, he played. And he got himself down to virtually a scratch golfer. So I think he, would, he improved his handicap like, by like something like 18 shots. All through visualization. Now, of course, it's not that extreme for you because you're probably not going to be in prison for 18 years. But I actually do believe that that could happen the more clear you are on your visualization. So, for example, if you're a golfer, and you're visualizing your swing plane, and you're visualizing looking at the shot, and you're visualizing playing a fade or a draw, and you're visualizing how the ball lands and rolls. I think that that can then program your body to do that because you're creating muscle memory and you're creating habits in your brain. But of course, he's still then got to be freed and released and go and play on the golf course. So, you know, I'm not a golf coach, but I know for me as an almost single figure handicap golfer, I've got the skills. They've been there because I was a single-figure handicapper when I was 14 years old. But now when I play, I'm standing over the ball. Oh, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to pull this or whatever. So a lot of my mind is restricting my growth and progress. And, you know, there's been lots of famous studies on athletes. And it's the same thing. Generally, even in the top 1,000 or 10,000 best in the world, the skill level is virtually the same. The difference between the top and the 1,000 is 0.0 something percent. But it's how do they handle the pressure? What do they visualize? I remember one a golf coach said to me, you know, when you approach the ball, you've got to boss the ball. You've got to stand behind the ball. You've got to look at the ball. You've got to dominate the ball. You've got to tell the ball what it's going to do. I remember seeing Justin Rose um, when he unfortunately just lost out to Sergio Garcia. But I remember him walking up behind a putt and he had this really aggressive stance. And I just thought, you're bossing the ball. You're telling the ball what that ball's going to do. You certainly can prepare your mind and visualize. And you can create vision boards. You know, where it's an external manifestation, because if you, there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, you know, the parts of your brain that filter all the noise and information. Have you ever bought a car and then noticed that everyone else seems to have that car on the road? But they didn't. The, the amount of cars that were on the road before you noticed it were the same, but you noticed it because now it's in your subconscious mind, it's in your peripheral vision, it's in your active thoughts because it's become part of your awareness. So when you learn about money, when you learn about leverage and business or the skill that you want to do, you know, the hobby... As it comes into your awareness and you create more awareness of it, you actually do manifest better results. So I guess I'm saying more of a balanced view of the law of attraction. 
So thoughts are also energy. Action is energy. I think they're different kinds of energy. You know, some people will say, well, you can put a thought process, a drop of intention into the infinite potential of the universe and the universe will conspire to have everything work for you. Deepak Chopra, I remember reading The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And I thought, yeah, you know, I, I think that I can see the power of that visualization and manifestation. But I think then you've got to go and look for the opportunities. You've got to spot them when they're there. You know, because a lot of people are getting a lot of opportunities, but they're just blind to them or they're ignoring them or they're rejecting them because the time isn't right or, you know, they're not open to the opportunities. So, yes, you can create the opportunities, but then you've got to take the opportunities. And then you've got to create a plan and inspire a team. You've got to go and make it happen. So I'd say what you want to do is visualize, then get off your ass, you know, manifest, and then just do it. And I think when you bring both of those together, then you've mastered the law of attraction. I'd just be careful not to get too hippie with it. I think you've got to make a plan and implement the plan and tweak the plan, then implement the plan and tweak the plan. I believe that in life, spiritual material are not separate entities like a lot of people say they are. You know, I visualized my first car, the Nissan 350Z with orange leather. I used to sit on my exercise bike every day, visualizing it, doing chants and incantations, all the stuff that Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins taught me. But I went out there and I worked bloody hard for a good year, getting on the phone, doing a hundred and whatever sales calls a day and reading sales books and listening to sales audios and learning from my boss and going on separate various courses and getting up earlier and starting later. But on the other side of that, there's a lot of these American gurus who are like, hustle, hustle, grind, grind, you know, work 16 hours a day. But what if you have kids? You know, what if you have other interests? What if you have another job, a real job? You can't just blindly hustle, hustle, grind, grind, work, work. And, you know, if you are persistent, but you're inelegant with your persistence, then if you do more of that and you do that harder, that's only going to push everyone away. So it's actually worse. If you're tired, you'll make bad decisions. If you're fatigued emotionally and physically, you won't be radiant to other people. So beware of this blind hustle, hustle, grind, grind, you know, like on your T-shirt, on your cap. Bad advice. I would say work in short, sharp bursts, maintaining a strong physical energy and balancing your manifestation and your visualization with the plan, with the implementation, and importantly, taking time out every now and again to review what you're doing. Are you doing it right? Are you going in the right direction? Are the trends of the world changing such that I need to slightly iterate my plan and move in a slightly different direction? So the spiritual is material and the material is spiritual. What I mean by that is everything that's physical in this world, this watch, this microphone, this recorder, this laptop, this phone, any material item has been manifested by spirituality, i.e. a human being at some stage created it or a greater higher force of energy moving around the universe. It was created by a thought or an intention of some of you or a higher power. And then that thought created an intention, the intention created a decision, the decision created an action. And then after the action, the thing was created and then it was improved and innovated and so on, just like the iPhone or any other physical object. So actually, there is a spiritual side to everything that's material because everything that was material was formed spiritually. But there's also spirituality in all material forms because they were created by spirituality. So money is a great example. Money is as much a spiritual thing as any barefoot, being vegan, whatever. Sorry for my stereotypes, you know, I'm just having a bit of fun here. But the reality is people think spiritual and material are really, really separate entities, but they're not. So what that means is, if you create value and service, you know, like if you're Odomar's P. Gay, if you're Patek Philippe, there's so much spirituality gone into these because there's love, there's passion. There's 90-year-old watchmakers who are in the top three best watchmakers in the world and their father was a watchmaker and their father was a watchmaker and the, the passion and their purpose and value in society 
and all the thousands of hours of you know, work and craft they've put into designing this watch and then this brand and heritage and history and vision and values and all of those things go into a Patek Philippe or an Audemars Piguet or a Rolls-Royce. I think it takes a ridiculous amount of hours just to polish the front grille on a Rolls-Royce. So I think balancing spiritual and material and understand that they're intrinsically linked. So, you know, your thoughts are energy and your vibration and your frequency and your visualization and manifestation. That's spiritual that has to be balanced by the material. And vice versa, if you're overly material and you're overly work, work, hard, hard, graft, graft, and you're not balancing it with the spiritual, which is contribution, creating value, doing meaningful work, making a difference, innovating, making people's lives better, growing and progressing, then you miss one half of the equation. And that is the paradox of balance. So balancing both extremes will probably give you more sustained success. Finally, then, I think it's a bit like luck. So... You know, some people say that luck is luck and there are random events that you probably didn't manifest and you couldn't legislate for and they just happened. And I would agree with that. I think there are a lot of things that happen in the world that you can't take a claim that you were doing it in your visualization sessions. But I think luck is also a reward for spotting and taking opportunities. I put this post on Facebook and someone said that, you know, he regarded himself as really lucky. He survived a really bad accident. He survived cancer and other things. And I think he is appreciating that he's lucky. He's putting out the intention and the visualization that he's lucky. Other people are sensing that he's lucky, so they're attracted to him. He's creating this frequency and vibration of luck because you can sense how someone is. You can sense if they're skeptical, if they're optimistic, if they feel that they're lucky or they're not, if they're greedy or if they're, you know, or if they don't value themselves, if they're underconfident. You can sense all these things. So there certainly is this ethereal sense that you've got as a human being of the things that can't be seen. But then you manifesting them into a physical reality is the balance of that side of the equation. And let me just summarize. Attraction without action is merely a distraction. But you do bring about what you think about. And where focus goes, energy flows and results show. Therefore, you do want to create vision boards and very specific written down plans. And yes, you do want to visualize in your mind as you go to bed how you want your life to be very specifically and clearly. You'll find if you're not specific, you won't get what's vague the more specific you are. And it's not just because it manifests in the ultimate universe. It's because you're programming your brain to go and spot the opportunities like you're putting into SatNav the destination. You know, it's a bit like the GPS systems on an airplane. You know, you're programming a destination. But if you've ever researched that, they're off course 90 odd percent of the time. So what they're doing is programming a final destination, but they're constantly tweaking and moving and tweaking and moving, adjusting for the wind and everything else. And so that's how you should be. And you shouldn't turn down an opportunity because it doesn't look exactly like what you thought it would look like. Because if you do that, you know, I'm looking for my ideal partner, I visualize my ideal partner, I know what my ideal partner wants to look like, I've manifested them in the ethereal universe. And then all of a sudden you turn down all these amazing people in these amazing relationships because you're blind to the opportunity, because maybe you're being too specific. Literally anything that happens is a transfer of energy. And so you can create that transfer of energy with your thinking and with your doing. Visualize, then get off your ass, plan, do. And then when you do, tweak, review, repeat, tweak, review, repeat. Allow yourself some leeway such that, you know, when I visualized my 350Z with orange leather interior, actually, I didn't even know you could get orange leather interior. I just love orange. And then when I saw a gunmetal gray one for sale, it had part orange and part black leather interior. I didn't say, oh, well, I'm not having that Nissan 350Z because, you know, that's not all orange. When I manifested my Nissan 350Z, so I used to run with Mark every day. I used to stop pretending I was knackered looking at this. Sorry, this, um, the GTR. I used to stop at this car and look at it. And I used to take a breath and I used to visualize me having it in my mind. 
I didn't set a time frame on it, so it happened when I happened, so I should have set a time frame on it. I wanted it to be matte black. When I bought it, it was actual shiny black, not matte black. And then I went and got it wrapped professionally, so I made it matte black. So it's like, you know, you, you visualize, then you do it. But neither extreme will work. Working hard in the wrong area won't work. And just doing manifestations and meditations won't work without action and spotting and taking. All right, then, great. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you want to carry on this dialogue with me, then if you're watching, put some questions in below and I'll have a check later after my mentoring today. And then if you're listening, come and join the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community where I'll probably copy this video in and keep the dialogue going. I did a video about personal brand. We've got 300 comments and questions and reviews. I go back and look at that video daily and try and answer your questions. So, you know, I'm trying to build a community here. Don't just let me rant at you. Get involved. You know, come and bring me your challenges. Come and disagree or debate with me if you want on this, if you think anything I've said is, you know, maybe not accurate. And, you know, maybe we'll each learn something together. So, you know, I've got people in 180 odd countries. And I know there are many of you listening. You're not in the community. You need to be in the community. If you're watching the video, you need to be in the community. Because, you know, that's where we, we continue the learning process. And who knows, this might become a book. This might become something a lot bigger. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you don't risk anything, risk it.